Welcome to In The Queue. I am your host, Andrew, and I didn't get to see a lot of the action movies of the 80s when I was a kid. I had to see them as an adult. Well, that may be for the better, actually. Um, maybe. Maybe. I guess you could look at maybe. it either way. Um, I'm Phil, your other co-host, and I like absurdity when it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Uh, we're going to be talking today about the listener request from our friend Chris. It's called Hot Fuzz, a very popular movie from back in 2007. But before we do that, we're going to go over a couple of the ways that you can find us on the web. First of all, you could go to our webpage that is www.in-the-q that's the letter q.com and there you can find our blog postings you can find links to our uh podcasts you can download them directly from the website however you would like to do that uh you can also leave us comments uh we encourage you to do so including any listener suggestions that you have Mm -hmm. we would love to have you on the show with any movie that you want us to talk about we'll discuss it with you uh, you can also do that same thing on our Facebook page. Uh, you can find our Facebook page on Facebook at In the Q, Q U E U E, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. And uh, that is another good place to comment and or see some of the supplemental material that we'll post mm. for our films. We usually post links to trailers or uh, interviews or mm-hmm. just silly, tangential, silly, things. nonsensical nonsense. Indeed. And then finally, you can find us on iTunes in, in the queue, Q-U-E-U-E, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil. And you can subscribe to our podcast and have it delivered to you directly. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to do it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, because then you'll never miss another episode. You'll never miss another episode. So we have Chris with us today to talk about Hot Fuzz. Say hi, Chris. This is when you say hi. Good uh, Hello, guys. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Chris, this is Chris's uh, first time on the podcast. It's his first time on the podcast. First time, and, long uh, time. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. And uh, and you suggested Hot Fuzz. Can you fill us in a little bit on why this was your suggestion? Well, it's a feel-good movie. It's not anything like Rosewater or anything <laughs> intellectual <laughs> such as that. Exactly, exactly. But it's a lot along, along the lines to me, like another movie you reviewed, Clue, which mm. has got a oh, lot yeah. of well-known actors, British actors and actresses. Um, True. It's kind of slapstick humor. It's a feel-good you know, lazy kind of humor, but it's a lot of fun to listen to or watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, I enjoy it whenever it's on TV. It's just like uh, the young lady you had watching Clue. It's a lot of fun to watch whenever it's on TV. And I always try to keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Great. Um, yeah. It is uh, a film written by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg. They also were responsible for the very, very popular Shaun of the Dead uh-huh. from back in 2004, as well as a couple of movies after that. Uh, and uh, it is sort of, uh, it's the second movie in what is called the Cornetto trilogy, which is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and uh, The World's End, mm-hmm. uh, which are a trio of films. Cornetto is this uh, ice cream treat. It's like a drumstick back, you know, yeah, yeah. a drumstick yeah, in it, American terms, the British drumstick. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's a British drumstick, but not like a chicken drumstick, like the, the ice cream drumstick. Mm-hmm. Right. Not like a chicken wang. <laughs> the br- <laughs> not like a chicken wang. Uh, and the film itself concerns, uh, a cop named Nicholas angel 
played by Simon Pegg himself, uh, who is the best cop in all of London. He's doing so good at being a cop that he has sort of put all of his colleagues to shame. Mm -hmm. And because they are so, uh, they, they want not to have him around basically. Uh, they transfer him to a, a rural village and, uh, and tell him that that's his new beat. And, He's so good at policing that he sort of catches on to some unusual happenings around this rural village and uncovers a grand plot <laughs> that is just as dangerous or crazy or insane as anything that he did in London. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, and it, it, it becomes a very sort of complex conspiracy that's going on where people are sort of disappearing. They're all dying uh, in quote-unquote accidents. <laughs> That everybody in the town is seems to be perfectly content with calling accidents. Mm-hmm. The uh, police force of this tiny town is, seems to be totally clueless. Totally um, apathetic. Totally apathetic. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and uh, uh, Danny Butterman, played by Nick Frost, who of course is sort of the... the uh, Bud Abbott to uh, <laughs> to Simon Pegg's Lou Costello, I guess. Uh, in in the sort of uh, they're, they're a comic duo. They've been in you know all of these films mm-hmm. that we mentioned together. Yeah, good chemistry and between them. Very good, chemistry. great chemistry between them. And uh, and he sort of becomes uh, the sidekick to Nicholas Angel, uh, much to Angel's chagrin. Uh, but he sort of grows to like him over time, mm-hmm. um, and they they sort of become a great buddy cop team. And the movie itself is clearly made by people who were big fans of '80s action yes, movies, totally. which is '80s and '90s for that matter, action movies. Um, <laughs> and so the it's a it's a wacky movie, it's a silly movie, it's a, a absurd a, an absurd yes. movie, but it is also an homage. To all of this, yeah, I, cinema that these guys grew up on. And if basically. you look at the just the trivia page alone on IMDb for Hot Fuzz, it's like the most extensive trivia page I've ever <laughs> totally. seen. It's got like 112 different bits of trivia. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of it, for the most part, was kind of like lost on me since I was. I, not only did I not watch very many action movies as a child, even as an adult, I haven't really watched that many. <laughs> but um. There's that great sort of reference to Point Break, though, that that landed pretty well because, you know, I, I'm familiar yeah. with that scene. And I think they show it in the movie, don't they? Where it's, they do. Yeah, they this, do. yeah, for this, like, for those of you who, who may not be in the know, there's this scene in Point Break where uh, it's this, this old action movie that actually Catherine Bigelow directed, notably. Yes. Um, one of her earlier films. Good. Yeah, yeah. Director of The Hurt Locker. <laughs> Oscar winner for The Hurt Locker. Yes. One of her early films was Point Break. Um, and Keanu Reeves is a cop hunting Patrick Swayze. He's a criminal. And there's a moment where Keanu Reeves is, has him in his sights and, and Patrick Swayze kind of hedit- hesitates because he's thinking, am I going to get shot? And then he realizes, no, he's not. And he runs away and Keanu Reeves discharges into the air, uh, in a, in a serious, <laughs> in a you know, frustrated moment. And that's recreated in the, uh, in the film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely, and 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 there's also uh, a visual homage to Bad Boys Two towards the end oh, when they're 
they've kind of done this whole thing and this helicopter comes flying in really low <laughs> over their heads. Yeah. Like, you know, there, I mean, it's, there was actually one of the bits of trivia is that the, uh, the director asked Nick Frost to watch like 20 action films to warm up for the role. And the only one he watched was bad boys too. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So that was the perfect fit right there. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is, uh, I mean, this is kind of in, in line with Shaun of the Dead, certainly, and to a lesser extent, uh, The World's End, I believe. I haven't seen The World's End. This is the only one of these that I haven't seen. Mm. Um, but uh, it, it really is, Shaun of the Dead was a an, an homage to the horror films, all the zombie movies, uh-huh. again, that they grew up on. And it was a very sort of uh, intelligent reworking of the tropes that we all know and that we love into a format that was updated and and poignant and and funny original. and very mm-hmm. original. I mean, Shaun of the Dead is really a great, great comedy. Um, and I think that this is close to as good. It's I don't think it's as good. Um, but I think that this is so well done. It's so well paced. It's so well put together. I mean, uh-huh. it's like, it, like it's tight as a drum, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 there's nothing about this movie that, um, seems out of place or like it's lingering too long and any, like it's, it's all just, yeah, boom, you boom, know, boom. you're sort of touching on something that I noticed right away with this movie and that's the editing. The, the yeah. movie is exuberantly edited mm-hmm. and, and yeah. there's this sort of trademark in hot fuzz, which I believe is also in Shaun of the dead where you've got, a rapid series of, of inserts to sort of, you know, get, kind of get over like the, the essential stuff that you need to know, but it's not really terribly interesting, you know, like people opening doors or, or pouring themselves a beer or whatever. Like this is all important stuff to sort of move the plot along, but we don't need to spend a lot of time doing it. And it also sort of keeps things moving and keeps the, the tempo sharp and, and exciting. Um, and it's it's something that I've noticed in in the the work of this director, and it seems kind of like almost like his trademark, really. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he also directed Scott Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes, yeah, which is very notable for its its pacing and its sort of yeah, you know the 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 rapidity of the editing and the and the fact that it it's, it's just a, kind of an unrelenting yes it's uh, pace. It just seems it's, it's it's exciting it seems very premeditated it seems like they really planned out everything i mean in the first section of hot fuzz especially when he's when he's still in london and we we have this mind-blowing montage early on of his accomplishments like the way the camera whips away from certain shots after a dolly's in and the way you know other shots will pick up the same visual momentum it's no accident. I mean, you you really have to sort of storyboard and get all that stuff going before you even get on set. And and I like Edgar Wright a lot, even though I've only seen a couple of his movies, because he is that kind of director who really has a re- really clear vision and really understands how to how to direct action in particular. And and just kind of he's like a wizard with movement. I mean, I think he's he's really really good without a doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think that while the movie is tight as a drum and, and, and it's, it's, it's 
created and, and executed with a lot of skill and, and brilliance, um, it does veer like into this very sort of sharp detour, a very kind of unexpected <laughs> turn. And it's also where, whereas Shaun of the Dead was, was kind of like a consistent zombie comedy Hot Fuzz, in a way, is like a compendium of several different types of movie, mm-hmm. several genres, if you will. And at, I basically, I dug it. I was on board. I liked the movie a lot. Um, but I was just sort of interested to see how the tone changes quite a bit when, when mm. there is a major discovery that happens sort of in the second half of the film. And, and it surprised me. And then I realized as I said with my comment at the beginning of this podcast, it does get absurd. It gets it, the, the sort of the way that you are intended to look at the film, I feel changes after a certain point. And, and you, and I feel like you have to make an adjustment and that's what I did. And I thought it was do fine. You, do you mean that like it, it becomes a more serious film at a certain point or do you, or are you saying that it, it sort of veers into this kind of weird sort of occult conspiracy <laughs> territory? Uh, well, I would say, without giving too much away, I would say it, it becomes seriously irreverent. Uh, it, it just gets, oh. it gets, it gets to the point where it's, it's not quite as in the realm of the possible at, after a certain point. You mean by, by the point at which he is jump kicking over a fence <laughs> to kick an old lady in the face. <laughs> is, that what, is that what you're maybe, maybe that's, that's sort of where it kind of went over the hump for you a little bit earlier than that, but yes, that's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can understand, but that. it's like, it's, it's in a way it's a masterpiece though. It's a masterpiece in the way that it, it kind of goes into this other place. And there's, I'm trying to think of other movies that, that do that. I mean, well, I almost think when the third act of the movie comes along that it gets so ridiculous when it comes to those scenes that mm-hmm. I think it's, it's it's lightly making fun of those, but in a good humored kind of way. Yeah. That kind of action film of the early 90s, late 80s, yeah. like um, Bad Boys and stuff like that, where everything just becomes so over the top that right. it's it's impossible to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think that by juxtaposing it with the sort of tropes of the little English Hamlet, mm-hmm. you know, like I think that that that's where I, I think a lot of the intended humor of the film comes it's from. It's almost like I a quintessentially British film that just gets <laughs> thrown into the bad boys type of genre at yeah. the very end, which is why yeah, it there's actually more humorous. Yeah. There, there's a very funny, uh, there, there's a reference that they make to these two people who live in the small Hamlet. Uh, one of whom was an extra in straw dogs and, <laughs> Uh, the other one was in something that I can't remember right now. Uh, but they keep, they mentioned that a couple of times and I, and I thought about straw dogs a lot because straw dogs is a film that's set in the English countryside. Uh, one of your favorites um, too, isn't it? One of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah actually. Uh, the original, not the James yeah. Marsden <laughs> crappy remake. <laughs> um, the original with Dustin Hoffman, uh, directed, uh, by Sam uh, Peckinpah. Mr. Peckinpah. Yeah. And, that film, uh, Dustin Hoffman is this sort of mousy math professor, guy, yeah. professor who has moved to the country to do some work with his wife who lives in this small, who, li- who grew up in this small village. And then uh, the, the villagers become really uh, intensely violent and he has to defend his house mm-hmm. from this group of people who are trying to 
basically kill him and his wife. And that, that I think was like sort of maybe some of uh, the germ of the idea for this film was like taking that and just, you know, writing over it, kind of mapping onto it, the tropes of the big action movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, like kind that. of taking this really tense, small, uh, you know, character drama that happens to be hyper violent as well. Uh-huh. And just like blowing it up to this, just like massive scale where ev- literally, you know, old, old ladies are pulling machine guns out of their dresses and, and firing. You know, I, see, I, I thought watching this movie that the, the, one of the major homages was to the, the original wicker man, which ironically was, oh, was yeah. also remade into a crappy American movie <laughs> starring yeah. Nicolas Cage, yeah. but, Nick but Cage. Edward, Nick yeah. Cage. Edward, yep. Edward Woodward, who is the star of the wicker man, he's in hot fuzz. Um, there, oh. there's actually, um, several homages, I think, going on with the casting of this movie, but the Wicker Man and, and the first half or so of Hot Fuzz are kind of like similar in the sense that you've got the, the policeman from out of town from a more right, progressive right. Mm-hmm. big city coming to a small town to try and find out what's going on. And, and there's, there's. A lot of you know suspicious things, perhaps a conspiracy going on that he has to yeah, uncover. Yeah. yeah, and and then and then the film goes in a different area, but that that to me it's it's interesting that you know Straw Dogs and The Wicker Man are both incredibly archetypal British films of the seventies, and it's almost like Hot Fuzz was was concocted by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright with as many references and homages as possible to everything that, that they've ever loved, whether it's old, these old seventies British films or these American action films. And, mm-hmm. um, it just kind of seems like perhaps after Shaun of the dead was so successful, they had hot fuzz and it was just like this blank canvas that they were, they were so ambitious and they were like, let's do everything. Right. Yeah. Let's I feel like they had all. carte blanche to do whatever they wanted to after that success of the other film of Shaun of the dead. Yeah. They had a big budget. Yeah. They, they could put in the explosions mm-hmm. and the, all the fun stuff. And boy, man. did they, boy, did they. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Boy, and, did they. And also you've got Timothy Dalton, the ex James yeah. Bond, double O double O playing, you know, this other, this action sleaze bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really creepy guy. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think that it's and the sense of humor for me is spot on. It makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. I was laughing watching this movie by myself. I mean, I I rarely do that. A lot of parts yeah. of this movie, uh, the slapstick reminds me of Airplane and that kind of Zemeckis type of thing where he's jumping over the fence posts or the fences and he would do a front flip in front of the fence post or some of the, like the the dry humor in the movie. Yeah. totally reminded me of the mid mid seventies types of slapstick dry humor yeah and it catches you off guard like there was that one scene i Mm -hmm. I don't remember her name but um simon Pegg's ex-wife daphne or something like that Uh where he like he goes into the house and he walks like there's some kind of like um, murder murder yeah there's a crime scene where people she's a crime scene investigator yeah they're wearing like these these special suits with these masks and he walks right up to this person and he's like daphne you've got a blah 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 blah." and then the guy's like i'm not daphne and then he turns (laughs) without missing a beat and talks completely right yeah that's that type of humor is just like it's just heaven well 
And the whole rest of that scene is done with everybody. Everybody's in these like full body suits, identically dressed with these these masks on and this full body suit. And so there's a number of sort of jokes about recognizing like who's who within within that that uh, group of people. Like it's really funny. And in that same scene, it's crazy that uh, his then ex girlfriend is played by Kate Blanchett. Who yes, just decided they wanted she wanted to be in the film, and so she oh, gave wow. her a role. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, I don't know if you know this at all. Uh, I think probably Andrew does, but Peter Jackson was the crazy Santa who stabbed yep. him in the hand. Yep. So the director of Lord of the Rings and all that, he wanted I, to be in the film too. Yeah, I, taking a glance at the the trivia on the IMDb page, I do I see those those two tidbits. I mean, it's, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Well, I, I think I think while we're on that topic, we should talk about the fact that this is like a who's who exactly of British mm-hmm. actor, like, like comedians, solid too. British yeah. comedians, and 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 straight actors. One of my favorite roles in this entire film is Patty Considine, oh, uh, who plays one of these detectives who are like really like playing up the role of detective, but they don't have anything to do and they're lousy at their jobs. They're, you know, they're in this tiny little town. They don't actually have anything to do, the but Andes. they're really abrasive. The Andes. Yeah, they're, Let's you know why they're called the, the Andes? Because the they're, they're both named Andrew. Mm, you got it. Uh, he's a quick one or something yeah. like that, right? Uh, but Patty Considine plays this, this really brash kind of, uh, you know, uh, obnoxious, hilariously obnoxious character. And he's a very accomplished uh, actor mm-hmm. in 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 very serious roles. He was in Prometheus, he, wasn't he? He was in Prometheus. Uh, no, Rafe Spall. Yeah, the other guy. The other Andy. The other Andy. The other Andy. But but uh, Patty Considine was in the Red Riding trilogy. He was in uh, In America, yeah. which is a spectacular film. Yeah, that's where I saw him in before. That is yeah. a really it's a very serious so movie, good. very dramatic, and and so good. Oh my god, bawling at the end of that movie, yeah. just tears. Um, but you know, actors like that, you've got Bill Nye, of course, uh, in a very brief role, you've got Martin Freeman, uh-huh. uh, you've got, uh, Steve Coogan, Steve Coogan. Yeah. Yeah. Like just briefly, you got Jim Broadbent in a, in a big role. That's right. Who I love. Steven Marchand. Is that Steven? Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's like, uh, it's really quite a, a, a who's who of British actors. I would say that probably after, Shaun of the Dead was such a success. Everybody wanted to be a part of this movie. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and why not? Yeah. Like, why not get all these great actors to be in your movie? Because um, it's great. Even in the small roles, like, everybody just kills it in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the... Uh, overall, it's, it's the kind of movie that I would probably return to, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Again, because it's just... There's so much to take in. There's just so much like so much going on. And there's also what I feel a lot of nuance in yeah. in, in everything, in every joke, mm-hmm. in every scene. And um uh, and it's always interesting to watch a movie where there's a twist and then when you know what the twist is, you can sort of see all the hints leading up to it. Yeah. And you can well, sort one, of see yeah. One of the interesting things I found about the film and that that took me the second time to rewatch it was that every time Timothy Dalton's sleazy character starts talking about someone they're they're about to get murdered and he mentions it in exactly the same way yeah. uh-huh. that these people die i won't get into it but if you rewatch the movie his little comments are precursors to literally how these people end up passing away yeah it's unique yeah yeah 
Yeah, it, it's the whole movie. It seems it's you're right. It, it really is tight as a drum. Like it's so it is. concise, and while it gets it it gets really big and and messy, it's never messy from a from a technical or 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 craft point of view. It's it's still very much controlled, and it's just like you you never get the feeling that the filmmakers are ever out of control of what is going like they every single thing that we see is exactly what they want us to see when they want us to see it and it all is there to produce an effect yeah. like there's it you know it's one of the it's like uh it's like watching a hitchcock movie there's like no wasted space those calculating brits those <laughs> calculating brits <laughs> movies yeah. yeah yeah it's really it's a ton of fun i should also say that the guy who plays michael the big, huge, Yarp. uh, monster Yarp guy is Rory McCann, who ha- we have all grown to know and love on Game of Thrones as the Hound. I never noticed that. Yes. Yeah, wow. Same guy. Now <laughs> without the scars, you can pretty much tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he's spectacular on that show. Absolutely. I mean, really, really great. Wow. So it's really funny to see him play this sort of dim-witted behemoth of a man. One of the crazier things I find about this film, and it's just a tertiary thing, is the fact that even when all the craziness is going on throughout the entire movie, no one, except for certain characters, especially um, at the end, no one dies at the end. Everyone gets wounded severely. Yeah, yeah. No one passes away well, except, for the, except for the the characters leading up to the big... Well, here's what should be said. No, the heroes are never responsible for anybody's death. True, true. That's that's sort of what it is. Like they they are not. uh, They don't actually kill anybody in the film. That's that is interesting to note actually because it's sort of like there is so much mayhem and gore and death and killings, but it's not a nihilistic movie. The the heroes are not nihilistic. They they have their own code that they obey and and that seems that it's in keeping with a lot of American action films that influence this. It's I mean, am I right? I mean, like, well, I would say that the code that they obey part of it, yes, but not the people not dying part. Oh no, <laughs> I would say that it's a hallmark of American movies that everybody <laughs> dies at yeah. the hands of the hero. Yeah, I know, I know. That's what I meant that. But I was just thinking like, there's never really a moment when a hero does something. That the the bad guy or whomever's on the other end of the gun didn't deserve, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. right, right, um, right. There's some. There is. Yeah. It's interesting to sort of pick up on the the sort of the philosophical and the moral codes of films, especially violent films. Yeah. Sort of see what is the what is the the pattern or the logic when it comes to why people die. Yeah, that's yeah. also true. Yeah, especially true in horror movies. I think. But that's a whole different story. <laughs> I, I remembered what the other thing was. She played a dead body on Prime Suspect. <laughs> <laughs> he was an extra in Straw Dogs. She did, played a dead body on Prime Suspect. That's right. Yeah. Good, good work. Good, yeah. Good memory. <laughs> uh, it, it came back to me as I was rolling it over in my brain. That must be a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Very good. <laughs> So yeah, I uh, I was very happy to watch this again. This is one of those movies that I really enjoyed when I saw it in the theaters. Uh, but then, uh, as much as I enjoyed it, and as much as everybody I know enjoyed it, never sort of got around to watching again. Uh-huh. 
and I always wanted to. And I've seen Shaun of the Dead probably five or six times. Um, so I'm so glad that you suggested it, Chris, Thank because uh, yeah, it, it 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 forced me to watch it again, which I was more than happy to do. It really was a joy, and I I think it's a really great, fun film. Not quite as good as Shaun of the Dead, uh-huh. but still Agreed. really really. Excellent. Yeah, for those of, those of our listeners who have seen Shaun of the Dead and not this, you have to see Hot Fuzz. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unquestionably, mm-hmm. it's it's really great. And even for people who have no idea what it is that we're talking about, if you've never seen any of these, but you want to see a really really great, well constructed, fun, if a bit gory mm-hmm. at times, uh, uh, comedy action movie, uh-huh. this is a great great flick to to tackle yeah you don't need to see one and not see the other you can yeah, you don't, yeah. there's no connection so. yeah yeah it's called the cornetto trilogy but the only thing that actually connects the three films together is the fact that at one point in the film <laughs> they'll eat a cornetto <laughs> that's that's the only very thing loosely that, that based yeah. yeah and i guess simon Pegg and nick frost are the stars mm-hmm. of all of them right so yeah. uh, they play like good yeah. buddies i think in all of them they do yeah yeah for sure um, so yeah, thanks again, Chris. Very much appreciated, gentlemen. I had a pleasure. Oh yeah, yeah. Make some more requests. Absolutely. Yeah, please do. Join us next episode when we talk about the new horror film Ouija. Is that how you say we- it? Ouija or Ouija? I've always I've never Ouija. known Ouija. I uh-huh. thought I know. I always called it a Ouija board. Yeah, that's how I learned it when I was when little. I was a kid. That's what everybody called it. So. Well, whatever, however it's pronounced, that's what we're going to be watching. We're going to tell you all about it. Yep. We hope you join us for that. Uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Have a good one.